What is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey, uh, Brad, looking uh, like a like a very dapper, uh, like a very like a very dapper duck collar, like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, like a like a man who uh, saws logs by day but uh, goes out on the town by night. There you go. Like I said, I finally got a haircut. It was very uh, very nerve wracking. <laughs> um, and they did not trim my beard, so I had to do that myself. Ah, so well, it looks good. Thanks, good. Um, back up off your mic a little bit because you're popping like crazy since you got no pop screen. There's a little inside baseball for you guys. Speaking of baseball, uh, <laughs> I talked ever so briefly either last week or two weeks ago, uh, that I've been noodling around with the demo for Super Mega Baseball 3. On the Nintendo Switch, it's also available on PS4 and Xbox One, and uh, so Switch does this thing where it 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 tracks the playtime of all your games, sort of like like it'll tell you in like five hour increments how much time you spent in a game, essentially. Um, and I so I kept like deleting the demo, and I was like, eh, I'm not going to pay forty five dollars pick up the whole game, even though it's fun. And then I would like, oh, like, oh, I got hankering to play some baseball. I download the demo again. I play it, play it some more. Delete it. Download it again. Play it some more. It's free. And then like I, I looked and I've logged like six hours or five hours at it, it, just playing the demo for Super Mega Baseball Three. <laughs> Speaking of which, by the way, one thing that Switch does excellently that, and, and I get the technical limitations as to why more games don't have demos nowadays, but what better way to sell your game? You know what I mean? But let people oh, yeah. try a slice for free. It's it's one of the things I kind of miss about the uh, about the uh, PS One um, era, especially. I think was the most ripe for uh, game demos. Yeah, and, they were throwing those things at you. Right, like you can you couldn't buy regular magazines without finding a, a PlayStation <laughs> demo disc inside of those. Um, so I finally caved in and I and I spent the forty five dollars uh, and bought the full release for the game. Um, this, this game sits in a nice place for me because I don't have the time or the inclination to play like super hardcore simulation sports games anymore. I just don't. Um, they're too much of a dedication. They, they take, you know, way too much of your time and it's hard to play other stuff around them. Even FIFA, like this year's FIFA, I have barely played, um, just because I don't have the, the gumption for it. So the show is kind of outside of what I want to do, but I still desire something more. Than like your like like an RBI baseball type of experience than than a than a very arcadey um, or just simple baseball experience and I think Super Mega Baseball fits the bill nicely. I, I mentioned when I talked about it before briefly. To look at it, you wouldn't think that it's a simulation baseball game. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it like, oh, okay, these big headed characters. These the, the everyone is drawn like a caricature. Yeah. Uh, this must be like the NFL blitz. Of it's baseball, it's right? not. It is it is very much a sim driven baseball game, like a stat and attribute driven baseball game. But it doesn't have the like the the bogged down nature that something like the show has. And that sounds like a da- a, a downside, but it's actually not. It's actually quite nice to have something that's a little bit more pick up and play friendly um, than something like the show would be. Uh, the cool thing about the game as well. Um, is the gameplay kind of reminds me of like a step above where like a Ken Griffey Jr. baseball would sit. Um, and it's very accessible, but the difficulty level is extremely 
customizable because they had the the difficulty level is is a skill uh, that they call ego um quite appropriately where you can <laughs> where the more ego you have the the higher you can jack the difficulty but there's also a point system in the game um and you get a bigger multiplier when you go to higher difficulty levels and they have like leaderboards and stuff like that as well um so that but it's a hundred point scale like it has a lot of a lot of space in the difficulty level so that as you get better at the game you can crank it up and if you really want a harder challenge you can really Jack it up there, but if you just want to pick up and play something casually, you can keep the difficulty level relatively low. Um, there's, I think, uh, I want to say there's like 15 or 16 pre-made teams in the game that are all relatively balanced. Um, they have like a franchise mode. They have a couple different online modes as well, and they also have a pretty cool like team editor that it's got a like a kind of rudimentary but a step above like logo editor and jersey editor and stuff like that so if you like to noodle around with those sort of things um if you like sports games but you don't want like a hardcore sim and you're looking for a baseball game take a look at this or at least download the demo on the nintendo switch give it a try um i'm quite enjoying it so far i wasn't expecting to desire a baseball game um ever again really but i guess uh not having baseball has made the absence has made the heart grow fonder because I read somewhere the other day that the Orioles would have already played half their season already had it not been for COVID-19. And that's that blows my mind that that's a true statement of fact. Now the question is, how many, what would their record be by now? Oh, the Orioles? Oh, probably, <laughs> probably something abysmal. Like probably like maybe, you know, 30 wins, 51 losses or, or worse than that perhaps. They, they weren't slated to be very good this year. Uh, but then again, the Orioles are hot starters. So with the 60-game uh, MLB season that they're going to be rolling out here, uh, perhaps the Orioles might have a chance coming out of the gate strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of coming out of the gate strong, games with gold for the month of uh, July. I didn't even screen these. So I don't know how strong out of the gate these games with gold actually are. We'll see. Uh, looks like in July, if you are an Xbox One owner, uh, from July 1st to 31st, you get WRC 8, uh, FIA World Rally Championship, which is a rally car racing game. Uh, and then from July 16th to August 15th, you get to download Dunk Lords, a two-on-two basketball beat-em-up with 20 characters and a story mode. So if you want what I'm assuming is a very watered-down version uh, of the game that you see behind me, uh, then <laughs> you can check out Dunk Lords for free. And then on Xbox 360, also downloadable on Xbox One, uh, from the 1st through 15th of July, you can download Saints Row 2. Uh, and then Juju, uh, a cartoony platformer, uh, is going to be available from July 16th through the 31st. Not to be outdone, uh, PlayStation Plus celebrates its 10-year anniversary, if you can believe that it's been Man. 10 years since PlayStation Plus. You um, are old. We, we are all old. Um <laughs> And they've cel- they decided to celebrate with a bonus game that no one's ever heard of. Uh, the two main games that you get this month are NBA 2K20. It seems like uh, NBA 2K going free on PlayStation Plus is a uh, summer tradition, uh, much like uh, <laughs> much like any other. Uh, so you can get that for free. And also something that I'm quite happy that I've held out all this time to buy, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, the 20-year celebration edition, is free as well. This is the second of the Tomb Raider trilogy that has made its way onto more current generation hardware. And then a bonus game. Uh, it's called Erica. Uh, it's a feature length cinematic experience that merges high fidelity Hollywood production values with engaging tactile gameplay. 
I'm uh, I'm looking at just the. Why do I have to give my age for this? Because <laughs> it's mature rated, Mike. It's mature. <laughs> Apparently, um, I'm just glancing through the uh, through the trailer, and um, yeah, I don't know if this is for me. This is this is hearkening back to the days of you know sewer shark and, and <laughs> night uh, night trap night trap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's wild to me is uh, that they didn't go harder in the paint with the 10 year anniversary. You'd think that you would have uh, really come out strong with uh, with a couple offerings that really, I mean, not that these are bad games at all, 2K basketball and uh, right. and Rise of the Tomb Raider, but I don't, I don't know. I just felt, uh, I just felt whelmed yeah. by the, uh, <laughs> by the selection. Yeah. It's, t- it's like when we have a milestone episode. Hey, it's our 300th episode and it's just like every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> who are we to talk um and there's no new games coming out this week uh but there is a new 200 player mode update coming to call of duty Warzone uh that comes in the form of like a 26 gigabyte patch uh that you have to install <laughs> later this week to get 200 people uh playing on the map simultaneously that's a lot of people micah that's far more than any other battle royale game that i'm aware of has ever endeavored to do yeah, because it's all about uh, quantity, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I mean, you know, I hear that game is very fun. Um, so, hey, good on them. Yep. If you can get 200 people to stay in the house instead of, uh, you know, going out and doing whatever, going out and spreading their COVID-ridden, you know, <laughs> bodies all over the place, then, you know, more power to them. Um, Go to youtube.com slash dense pixels. Uh, when you go there, first, subscribe. Second, click on this video. When you click on this video of the show that you're listening to right now, you're going to take a look at Brad and say, wow, Brad's got some razzle dazzle. He's heating up. And then you're going to, and then you're going to be like, yo, look, look at, look at, look at the slick back hair. He's on fire. <laughs> And then you're gonna look, and then you're gonna look around. And you're gonna notice that Brad's uh, setup is a little bit different, and you're gonna go, "Whoa, kaboom!" Uh, and you're gonna see the NBA Jam one-up arcade cabinet, and you're gonna go, "Boom, shakalaka!" That was it. That's the big thing that's changed. And if you want to see that, and I see, I see it now. I, I is that on a riser? It is on a riser. Yes. Okay, yeah, I still feel like uh, I might get a little bit of scoliosis if I stand. But again, it has it has the stool that you can uh, that you can put ah, with it as well. So there you go. Uh, yeah, because you know we're we are the the height of normal men. Uh, we're gonna need. I'm, a stool I'm, I'm just men, really. <laughs> it's just men. So. <laughs> go to YouTube.com/slash/DancePixels. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell notification button to be notified when. We drop a new video, new videos every week. Go to youtube.com slash deathpixels. Subscribe, bro. While you're, while you're just subscribing like a, like a, like a subscription whore, uh, you can subscribe to all of the TMP Studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerdpocalypse, the uh, flagship show, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. Uh, if that's not enough and you know it's not, go to densepixels.com slash premium. For $5 a month or $50 a year, you get access to all of the premium shows, 
on this network, including the airing of grievances, which uh, we will schedule uh, very soon. Uh, no Time to Bleed, which is in the can. Uh, Jay accidentally dropped it a little early, so <laughs> if you got it, you know what it is. Uh, but he pulled it back because he wants it to be for July. So the July No Time to Bleed episode is up, uh, and it is uh, fun. It's just a fun movie. Uh, the Men with the Golden Tongues, uh, our James Bond slash spy movie podcast. Uh, Upstage Conversation, our, uh, our musical podcast. And the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. There's always... Uh, something going on. Uh, look forward is being recorded as we speak, mm-hmm. so you will get the up to the minute, as up to the minute as of right now when I am saying these words, not when you are hearing them. Recording of the news. Densepixels dot com slash print. Big news, Micah. Big news. Outrageous news. Huge news that nobody ever expected. Fortnite is out of early access. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was even in early access technically still. Yes. It's been around for years now at this point. They've gone yeah. through two highly successful seasons of of content when since they even started doing seasons and it was around for like 18 months before that was even a thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what this means now. Now they're going to really you're, you're you're really gonna pay tooth and nail for this free game. I I feel like I feel like that the early access thing is just someone like forgot to like it, it's it's like when you forget to take the parking brake off your car, but you're but it's but it's not engaged fully, and so you're still able to drive a little ways before you realize that it's that you look at the brake indicator still on. You're like, oh shit, you gotta take it <laughs> off real quick. I feel like that's I feel like that's what it is. Um. I once got on the highway with my parking brake still on. I guess it really wasn't engaged at all. It was letting me drive on 695 um, all the way out there. But the the arguably bigger news with this is that Epic has said it's reversing its plans. Uh, originally, it was going to make the Save the World cooperative mode of Fortnite, uh, which is what you typically have to pay for with Fortnite, um, free to play, and slow down development of the mode. Uh, I would imagine because no one gives a shit about Fortnite Save the World. When Fortnite Battle Royale is a tremendous, uh, tremendous phenomenon. Though it's getting a new feature, uh, which is like a season-long excursion that takes place in a unique seasonal zone. See, to me, like if if they're going to scale back development and not do the free-to-play thing for Save the World, that that to me that's like a harbinger of it's going to go away eventually. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. So I mean, <laughs> no one, no one, no one uses it. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I have to imagine that uh, they were in uh, <laughs> they were in this this early access phase to see who's actually playing what, what's making us the most money, what is making us the most profitable video game, uh, one of the more profitable video games of all time, and it's showing save the world. Right. So again, I'd I'd be curious to see the usage rates of save the world if 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 even. If even ten percent of Fortnite players have ever played Fortnite Save the World, I think I'd be surprised. I mean, I've you know, I only kind of know about Fortnite through osmosis, but even then, I've never heard of this mode before. Right. Well, if again, for those of you that don't know, the Save the World mode is originally what Fortnite was. It wasn't until later that the Battle Royale 
mode was a add-on that they did, a side project, and changed the course of video games uh, forever. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, speak uh, in games that aren't doing very well. Uh, so Amazon, I don't think we've talked about this on the show. So the, their big game, their big team shooter that they released uh, a few weeks back, uh, Crucible, um, has not really uh, caught the imagination, let's say, of of the game playing world. Uh, within a week after release, uh, they were all the way down to hundreds of concurrent players playing the game at a time, which is not a lot of people, especially for a game that I can't imagine how many millions of dollars were spent on development. Uh, so starting on July 1st at 9 a.m. Pacific time, the game is being taken from fully released going back into closed beta. And so it, it was a free-to-play game. So if you already have it, you can still play it for now. And unfortunately, new players cannot uh, <laughs> cannot get into it now <laughs> while they go back to the drawing board, I guess, and uh, and fix things because they're is, not um, going so good. Is, uh, you know, this is very, like, corporate, right? Mm-hmm. Like a corporation sees that something is popular and making a lot of money and they want it, they want in on that action, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they, you know, Tony Stark built this in a cave with a bunch of scraps, right? Like, why can't you do this? It's such an obvious comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's like Jeff, I get now, now, now imagine Jeff Bezos growing like a giant, like Obadiah Stain beard and like bulking <laughs> up by 50 pounds just so that he can, uh, he can pull the look off. Like, like, is it, is video games something that uh, normally, you know, normally like something like this could work, right? Like, mm-hmm. because that's why they have like patents and shit. That's why patent law exists. Because once somebody figures something out, everyone does their own spin. But with video games, it's, I mean, sometimes it's successful, like with the, uh, like with the plastic instrument phase mm-hmm. that we faced. But other times, like this, the hero shooter, there's a bunch of hero shooters out there, but there are only a couple that actually are worth a damn. And I I won't even say that are worth a damn, that are profitable, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there are a ton of Battle Royale games, but Fortnite is like the the bee's knees. And it wasn't even the first one. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about video game genre that, that can that can do that right like movies you got deep impact in armageddon right like it doesn't matter like one of them is obviously better but like they still come out and they still make money but video with when it happens with video games when it when it fails it feels like a colossal failure Mm -hmm. like you can say well we're going back to closed beta but no this is this is a failure this is this is going into closed beta and probably never going to be opened again so and but it's 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 more colossal in the face when you look at who's bankrolling this right. game. Like Amazon has endless amounts of resources that they can throw at this thing. And usually with video games, if you can throw enough money at something, you can at least make it profitable. Whether or not it it, it catches fire like as a phenomenon, you know, I, I don't think anyone's expecting Crucible to become the next Overwatch. But you know, it could have at least been a profitable game. I'm looking at this screenshot that this VentureBeat article has from Steam DB. So it released on Steam um, a couple weeks back, and the peak concurrent players 
that it had when it first released. So, so you know, most of your peak concurrence for most games are going to come within the first couple weeks of the game coming out because that's when most interest is ginned up around it. Their peak concurrent player count was 25,000 players, which is nothing. Like, the, like, like that is an insignificant number, for especially for a free-to-play game. It's not like this is a game people had to pay for. This is a game that you could download for free. Um, the As of 24 hours ago, um, the peak in current players on Steam was 159 <laughs> within the last 24 hours. <laughs> and, and, to, and to just show that there is zero interest for this game, even on Twitch, like the peak concurrent views in the last 24 hours on Twitch is like 200. For the whole game, it's not like one stream, 200 people of all streams that were streaming Crucible, the peak concurrent viewer count on Twitch was 200 in the last 24 hours. That's not good. That's not good. Oh, it is not. And again, it's not, it's not to say that making games is easy, because it's not. Like, game, like good, good games take years and, and, and thousands and thousands of man hours to, to make good and that's all that's if you have a good idea and you can develop a good game game base. But again, when you're Amazon and you, and and again you have all as much money as you want to spend on this thing. There's no excuse for this. <laughs> like like there just isn't. <laughs> and, and and you know I get that it's oh, you know some people say oh well it's, you know it's a copycat of like Overwatch and games like that, so why would it be successful? Well, there's tons of copycat games out there. Again, right. it, you can make something successful if you can bring in enough talented people, but you can't, you can't like dip your toe in the water and expect success to come to you. It doesn't work that way. Not in this industry, at least. Uh, no, no, you gotta, you gotta, plus, you know, you gotta kind of like, it's, 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 it's like, it's like Amazon to just be like, well, we could do that. Right. Like, like it, it, it like you said, if, they feel like, well, we got the money. We want to make more money. Let's just do this because mm. it can't be that hard, right? And it just doesn't – it never works out. It right. never works out. Well, and here's the other thing too. It's, it's funny how the bigger the company, the more prone they are to failure. Look at Stadia and how that just really yep. hasn't really hasn't caught fire like it should have. It really fucking should have if Google had really thrown weight behind it. And then like Apple Arcade, for example, I didn't put the story in the docket, but Apple Arcade – um, said that they're going to start scaling back on how many games are offered in the service and instead focus on what type of games are offered in the service. And I can tell you with Apple Arcade, like I played, I did the shit out of it the first month that I had, you know, my iPhone because I got a free month for it. I haven't had even the slightest temptation to go back and spend $5 a month on, on that service because they haven't added enough new games or really any new games to pique my interest to get that money. Like, it's, like I said when it first came out, I just, or when I first started using it, you just need to give me one game a month that piques my interest enough to get five dollars from me. That's all you need to give me, and they couldn't even do that. So it's like you said, a lot. A lot of these companies have way too many bigger fish to fry, and to be successful in the game industry, we've seen it. That has to be a major focus that you have to put yeah. significant resources behind. Exactly. You're not just gonna. You're not gonna come in here and outdo the people who've been making video games their entire like their entire company thrives on making video games. You're right. not just going to come in with your highfalutin, you know, uh, uh, next day prime money 
and just think that you're gonna that you're gonna outdo these people. It's just it's just it's just funny to me. It's it's funny that you know corporations can just execute so much hubris, and it's just like oh whatever <laughs> that people that people dedicate websites to uh, all of the different inventions and things that have just been abandoned by these companies, mm-hmm. and they're still the richest things in the world. It just is funny. Uh, it's been a while since we've gotten to do one of these, but much, much as like the sun will rise in the east, you can be sure that there will eventually be a Kickstarter cautionary tale that we will talk about on the Dense Pixels podcast. In this case, the wonderful 101. Six weeks after the game was released in the Nintendo eShop, some Kickstarter backers still have not received their box copies of the game uh, while they wait for this game to come out. Um, now, at least... At least they were given a Steam code while they wait for the game, which is nice okay. to see. But again, if you don't play it on PC, what the fuck are you gonna do? Yeah, you know I mean, like I get that, but you know, not much you can do there. And and the reason given is because of the COVID situation. And I, you know, I understand that. That that's a fair reason. Um, certainly a uh, an unforeseen situation. But uh as someone who's backed many board games on Kickstarter. And as someone who has seen a couple projects on Kickstarter in the board game industry suffer a similar fate, um, this doesn't surprise me at all. So what you'll see, Micah, sometimes is when you back a board game on Kickstarter, one of the incentives is that Kickstarter backers often will get the game weeks before it hits retail shelves because the first copies go to the backers that made the game possible, right? But what always happens is – if it, if a, especially if it's like a bigger game um, that releases around the time that like the big board game trade shows are going on, the big conventions are going on, and they ha- and they can get like a hundred or two hundred copies air freighted into the states. A lot of times, the the people at the cons can get it before the Kickstarter backers do because they're waiting on the slow boat to come over yeah. from China. Um, and people get pissed when that shit happens, even though I could, I could really understand the business purpose because again, at those cons, you have like, you'll never again have an opportunity to have that many people concentrated in a small space to be able to sell, you know, an easy 200 copies of the game at full retail price. So I I understand why it happens. But again, if you're, if you're new to Kickstarter and wonderful 101 was the first project you backed and you don't have your copy yet and the game's been out for six weeks, you're probably gonna be really fucking pissed off. Yeah, I'd be uh, I'd be a little perturbed, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Now, the other problem is, and again, I can tie this back to board games as well, uh, gamers in the UK uh, that have ordered box copies that are getting them shipped in uh, have found themselves subjected to a 16-pound, uh, or sorry, 16.82-pound, I don't know what the, what cents are over there. That's, it's a foreign concept to me. Pence. Pence. Okay, 16-pound, 82 pence. Uh, import cost that was not advertised for the game Yo. when it was first <laughs> on and, and since the game itself was 35 pounds, you're literally paying a 50% uh, customs <laughs> charge just to get the game delivered um, into into your hands. Yo, that's funny. Ship. <laughs> I mean, it's messed up. But like, and, and again, so, like I said, it's, uh, I've, I've got a lot of things shipped into me Shipments, customs charges especially are a motherfucker. Like they, they will, they will fuck you up 
if yeah, I, if you're not that's careful. Why people are like, oh, I'm going to import this game. First of all, I can't understand it, right? And second of all, no. <laughs> like, like I've I've had a couple companies um send me watches to review from overseas, and it's like the first question I ask them is like, you're you're reimbursing me for for uh custom charges right? <laughs> because i'm not trying to pay that 50 dollars for the privilege of reviewing your product sorry it's called cost of doing business um uh, that's yeah. funny uh you wanted to talk about the two uh gameplay videos that were shown last week for two notable games yeah so um uh let's let's get this first one out of the way um <laughs> and I, I you know i want this game to be good i i just i don't know uh, it's Marvel's Avengers. They have what they call the war table. Um, you know, all of these are pretty standard. You know, they they it is it is a slice of gameplay that they specifically want you to take a look at. Uh, the announcer was incredibly annoying, but um, you know that's neither here nor there. Um, they they show a new trailer. They you know they introduce the villain who is uh, the mental organism designed only for killing uh modok and um they show a new gameplay section so apparently this game this game is kind of set up like a looter shooter right it's kind of like destiny but with marvel characters Mm -hmm. uh you have a hub that you go to uh called the chimera there are different vendors different shops they offer you different quests and stuff like that then you go to your war table and you select what type of mission you want to do. You can do a story mission, which is generally centered around a hero, or you can do, I forget what the, what the other ones are called. Let's just call them strikes. You can do a strike. Uh, you can, it's you and three other people can go on a strike. Or, and if you don't have you know, three other people, uh, you can use the heroes that you have already collected uh, to go on that strike with you. Uh, so I sense there's going to be a lot of repetition there. Mm-hmm. Um, the the actual gameplay demo itself, like I'm over the art style. I'm I'm used to it now, right? Like it's not the best looking thing, but I'm I'm used to it. The way that the, so they 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 show a Thor mission, mm-hmm. and the the mission looks, you know, it looks okay, but the animations look kind of janky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, apparently the combat director from God of War, uh, the, the latest one is, is spearheading the combat, um, which is, you know, that's the, why people are making comparisons to Thor throwing his hammer, um, like, like Kratos threw his axe. It, it, it is pretty, right? Like there's a lot of particle effects and, and, you know, there's no, but the animation is just it feels weird it feels stiff do you do you remember how like the injustice games played mm-hmm. they it, the animation feels like that where it's okay i'm going to run but i can't turn a corner properly so i got to get out of this animation and then into another animation like none of it is none of it is very fluid you see thor thor is doing a lot in this right he's doing a couple of rudimentary combos, you know, the, the combat consists of light and heavy strikes, so mm-hmm. it's not going to be anything, you know, it, it, it will probably be mind-numbing, right? Like, you can kind of, you'll probably be able to get into a groove and just kind of mash your way through it, which is a little disappointing, but 
uh, apparently you got a lot of different systems that are that are going on here and the but the way I, I don't know I don't know like I've seen reviewers uh, people who have broken down this trailer and they're obviously like hardcore fans right? mm-hmm. like I'm a fan of this stuff but uh, you know these are hardcore fans and they're kind of justifying what they're seeing but I, I I still don't know. Like, I get the flow of the game. That's not what I'm questioning. Um, I I just I just wonder how it plays. Well, here and here's my concern. So one of the things that I keyed in on during this trailer is they talk about how the heroes are going to play differently. Even, like, your Hulk can play differently from my Hulk, depending on how you invest, um, like, skill points. Because each character looks like they have, like, five different skill trees that you can buy abilities in um, and mix and match. But here's here's the problem. That only works for a period of time because unless they cap you on how much XP you can earn, at, at some right. point, like, theoretically, you can unlock all the skills, right? right? And, like, and, and unless there's that, which there probably is an XP cap. It is a game, you know, it is a, it is a uh, you know, shared world game or whatever. So I'm sure there's only a set number of skill points that you can earn. Um I don't know. Like I said, it just it it didn't do anything to excite me. I can tell you that. Um, as far as you know, wanting to get this game or even play this game, I'm not going to judge the the looks of it too much because it's still an alpha. Um, I do agree with you that the animations look a little janky. It also doesn't really like they didn't show off any boss battles, so like the only combat you got to see was against like normal enemies. Basically, yeah. um, which, like you said, can is probably going to get really repetitive over time. I don't know. It's just it, it doesn't seem like a game that's coming out in three months, um, even though yeah. it very much is. <laughs> uh, well, allegedly. Uh, we'll see if that if that holds true or not. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's as far enough along as, as I would expect it to be. Or it doesn't, didn't look as good as I was expected to, given how far along it is. I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. Um... So uh, not much else to say about it. It looks like it'll be a real average ass game. Uh, and given, you know, this isn't the same developers or anything, but Marvel's, I've read that Marvel, the company mm-hmm. has a dedicated games division that they are trying to uh, uh, take more seriously, right? Like they're trying to um, make when you see something that's Marvel's blank, mm-hmm. it, it they want it to be quality. Like Marvel's Spider-Man has a certain level of polish to it. And I think it's the greatest superhero game ever. Um, I'm not getting that kind of feeling when I'm watching this. Well, and, here, and here's the other problem too. Much like every game of this ilk, content is king. We've already seen what a lack of content will do to a game like this. You just have to look at yeah. Anthem. Um, to see, you know, what, what's doing there. And I'm sorry, but if, you, if you're starting out with, what, five heroes in the game or six heroes that you had to start out with yeah. um, on day one, give each of those guys their own hero missions. Let's just say that they have 10 each. Let's be generous. I don't even think it would be that many. But let's say yeah. it's 10 each. Let's say that you have, um, you know, let's say five or six missions that are like shared hero missions that can prevent, that can progress the story maybe. And then they have these strikes that you talk about. Let's say there's 10 of them. sounds like a lot. It's not, especially like destiny strikes, like destiny strikes. There's 10 of those too. They all get fucking repetitive because you're playing the same 10 ones over and over again. 
Um, right. So, so unless you have really compelling gear to go after, um, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. We'll see. I wish the best for him, but so far it doesn't uh, doesn't look like it's going to be anything special. Yeah. Um, this uh, next game it does look very special. Uh, <laughs> it is it is a uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Uh, they had their f- their first of uh, I presume many now mm-hmm. <laughs> of uh, what they call the Night City Wire. This is uh, basically a, a you know their twenty five minute presentation. Uh, we saw a new trailer, um, which really really gets you into the vibe. Um, they break down, uh, the trailer, uh, half of this talk, well, uh, maybe like 10% of this thing talked about, uh, an anime that they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, studio trigger, which is good and all, but like, I didn't, that's not why I, I tuned into this, but you know, you create your world. And, um, then the last half of this was dedicated to something called brain dance. Now, the the trailer i mean it's a trailer it looks awesome right mm-hmm. like everything uh it, it, everything about this is really cool and they talk about the different uh characters that you'll meet and and this is a, a very adult ass story um but then the big thing that they harped on was brain dance and brain dance is kind of like you are jumping, you are doing investigating and you're, it's like when you played Arkham Asylum Mm -hmm. and you had to, or you know, one of them Arkham games where you went into a specific area and had to do investigations and had to kind of use your bad computer in your, in your head or whatever to recreate the situation that happened. Um, That's kind of what brain dance is. And I mean, it looks interesting, but Mm -hmm. I hope there's not I hope there's not a lot of this mm-hmm. because it just uh, it 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 felt like it kind of the presentation kind of felt like it it ran into a brick wall when it got to this brain dance thing because it was literally half of the presentation. Yeah, and 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 it's not like it's cool and all, but it's not like hyper revolutionary like it's literally like essentially like you experience this this scene and then like you run it back on instant replay where you can pause and change camera angles and and you know hack into things in the environment and that kind of stuff to kind of learn more about it it's the arkham um night comparison that you made um is very apt in terms of like reconstructing the scene of the crime that they was a mechanic that they introduced in that game I don't mind it if it's going to just – if they're going to use it as a tool to flesh out some of the side characters in the world. And it seems it, – I would think that that's probably going to be relegated to a lot more like side mission kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But we'll see um, what happens with that. I was actually more excited uh, that they showed off some more of the different areas in the game, including like an outskirts area that you can that you can travel to as well. Um, yeah. which is a very different vibe than the rest of Night City um, <laughs> gives you yeah. for sure, which is good. You need that kind of stuff in 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 a game like this um, just to keep things fresh. And and it seems like on the outskirts that most of the folks out there aren't like, you know, cybernetically modded or anything like that. Like it seems like much more of a normal-ish uh, area. 
yeah. away from the town. So very, very Judge Dreddish uh, in a lot of ways. It kind of reminded me of, you know, you have the big mega city and then, you know, the <laughs> the, the barren waste or whatever the fuck they call it <laughs> in, in there. Um, it's cool. Like I said, I'm very excited for this game, uh, but it's still it's so long away, so far away. So, yeah, but uh yeah, I just I you know those are two games. Uh, you know, one of them is a big game that uh, I think are uh, I'll probably end up getting both because mm-hmm. you know I'm me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm super I'm super excited for Cyberpunk, and then I remembered, oh yeah, it's not coming until November. Yep. But uh, anyway, um. Go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. When you do that, uh, you will be helping us by uh, making your purchases. Uh, you pay nothing extra. You don't pay any import costs mm-hmm. unless for some reason you're you know, <laughs> listening to this outside of the U.S. And, um, and we get a little bit of a kickback. It is the easiest way to help us out. Go to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, normally I would talk about the things that I have purchased. Oh, I, uh, I purchased a new lens cap for my camera because I went out, uh, and took pictures of my family mm-hmm. and, um, the lens cap, uh, fell off and broke and doesn't stay on there anymore. So there I, bought a, I bought a new one. So you can do that by going to www.densepixels.com slash Amazon. So, uh, we talked last week about the reckoning of, uh, sexual abuse, just jet general abuse that's happening in the game industry. Um, it's continued onward this week, uh, much like Reddit and, uh, other YouTube and other spaces have, uh, in the world of politics have finally read their terms of service, uh, and are actually laying down bans on people that probably don't need to be platformed on these areas. Uh, Twitch has decided, uh, to start rolling up permabans, uh, to folks that have been credibly accused, uh, of sexual assault or assault and things of that nature as well. Um, this is definitely a good thing. Um, for sure. We'll see how permanent those bans are. Cause they also handed out a ban, uh, to, to Dr. Disrespect, who we've talked about on this show before. Was he banned before? He was, he will, he was banned before and it lasted like two days or two weeks or however, it, it wasn't very long. Um, reportedly, his ban this time is going to be permanent. They've not announced the reason why. Uh, they've apparently told him why he will not reveal the reason for the ban. Um, again, reportedly, uh, people think it's because he was spreading around dangerous, like COVID bullshit conspiracy theories and, and <sighs> shit like that, which he's been prone to do um, in the past before. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just looking at this dude and it's like, oh, okay. I, I 100% believe. <laughs> but yeah, but Twitch won't say why. He won't say why. Um, so we're left to speculate idly. Uh, another dipshit that Twitch banned uh, is the president of the United States who had a Twitch channel. I don't know if you realize. Uh, and they've suspended his Twitch account uh, for hateful conduct. Uh, for basically replaying his his campaign kickoff speech from 2015 uh, where he said some not great things about Hispanic folks. Um, That's pretty funny to me that, that he fucking ran back 
the kickoff as president of Japan. Twitch like, ah, hate speech. Click. <laughs> Get the fuck yeah, out of here. You know, I... Wow. Um, Ubisoft has put several executives on administrative leave again in the wake of incredible allegations of misconduct against folks. Uh, again, very good. Um, but there's one story and I hesitated to kind of get into this story. Um, so Ashraf Ismail is the director or I should say was the director of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, during everything that was going on here. Uh, a former, uh, I guess you could say girlfriend of his, uh, who he was stepping out on his wife with, uh, basically out of their relationship on social media. Um, but here, so here, here's where, here's where I have an issue with this. So, so he's, he stepped down from his director position, um, to deal with his fucking family shit, which obviously just got blown the fuck up. Like she posted pictures of, of him text, like sexting her and, and, and like, you know, him begging her not to like reveal anything, you know, cause he's like, Oh, I've got a wife and two kids. Like, like, you know, please don't do this, that kind of shit. Um, but it was a consensual relationship and I don't necessarily feel great about blasting a dude for being a dick and cheating on his wife publicly like that for two reasons not not and not neither of them has to do with with looking out for him specifically because i couldn't i mean i couldn't care less don't fucking cheat on your wife that's not cool but i feel like that this story i don't want to say cheapens but it, it's this is not the same as someone being sexually assaulted yeah. or professionally assaulted or or you know being receiving unwanted advances um, from male superiors or things of that nature. That's this is not what that is. Okay, I'm glad you clarified that because I didn't. I I only heard about this story tangentially. I mm -hmm. you know I get kind of sick of hearing about how men are just fucking everything up. <laughs> so I kind of tuned out of you know the news for a while. And I just uh, you know maybe that's maybe that's uh, bad on me, but I just assumed that this dude was like. A a predator. No, that uh, 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 again. All the information that we have in front of us, um, re reported that this this was a consensual relationship that they had with each other, and she found out that he was married, and she got upset about it. Hmm. Like in her own words, when she posted it, she said, "Like this was nowhere near sexual assault or anything, but seeing the amount of support that they were getting made me feel like this would be okay." Um, she she DM'd to uh, Vice Games who reported this story. Um, the other problem that I have with it is, do you think this is really fair to his wife and kids to have this shit put out on blast like this? Cause they, cause they are also victims in this as well. Right. And, and you have now forced their embarrassment, you know, their shame in this situation to the public light. I'm not saying that she shouldn't have told his wife. Like sure, like if you like sure, if you found out, you know, he's cheating on you, and yeah. and and you're pissed off about it, and you want to fuck his shit up, sure, tell his wife, yeah. but let yeah, them deal with that shit wife. in private. Like, don't right. just fucking blast the shit out on Twitter, because now, because now you are putting her shit out there, and she didn't do anything wrong. Right. You know what I mean? So I like I said that it made me feel some kind of way, and I wasn't sure how to best approach it. I guess you could say. Um. But I, but again, I, I'm all for 
people speaking out when they've been wronged in, in, in certainly, you know, an illegal fashion, um, you know, you know, sexual assault and, and things like that are very serious. And to me, I don't feel like this rises to the level that a lot of these other claims has risen to. Yeah, this is, um, all right, look, you know, and, I, and, and by the way, I feel like a, a fucking douchebag too, too fuck. Like I, I kind of wish Carrie was here cause I, I, I would enjoy her perspective, um, for right. a variety of different reasons. Um, right. We're two dudes. Right. <laughs> she don't have wives. So, uh, you know, but you know, we're, this is, this is, yeah, this is weird. This is weird. Uh, look, as, as far as this dude, um, him stepping out on his wife is enough for me to be like, all right, I, you know, you as a person, uh, we can't hang out, but for this dude to lose his job for it. Well, he, but so he, he stepped down himself. He did not, Ubisoft did not ask him to leave. Like he's, I'm I'm sure his personal life started falling apart around him when this shit happened. So he, he made the choice to step down from, you know, the last four months of development from this huge game that he's been working on because he, he has to try to save his family. I'm supposed, I suppose. Okay. But at the same time, right? Like I don't want this to be the example that MRAs use to Cor- also correct. Right. Like, cause it's like, nah, yo, like this isn't, you know, th- no. Okay. And yeah, this is a sticky wicket, man. <laughs> this is a sticky wicket. And I don't, I mean, I feel like we should be able to talk about it. But at the same time, like, what can I say? Like, I don't, this is one of those situations where I think it's, you know, how we tell white people to just, you know, shut up and listen sometimes. Mm-hmm. This is me shutting up right now. Because <laughs> I, I, and look, you can, you can disagree with this. Tell us, tell us, uh, that we're wrong. Um, I, I welcome that. But like I said, it just to me when I my my knee jerk reaction when I first read this is I'm just like I don't feel like this is in the same ballpark as some of these other I do, stories. I do agree with you there. Yeah. This this doesn't you know this dude doesn't if she if she came out and said that he is not like a, he didn't enforce himself or he didn't coerce me or or you know if she vouched for him and she and she straight up was just like. Yeah, I was just kind of jealous that he wouldn't leave his wife. Mm. Then, uh, or 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 even like she was pissed off that he, you know, that he lied to her, and then he, and then he wronged her as well. Oh, okay, yeah, because he didn't, because he didn't, right? He didn't her. reveal that he was married, and again, oh, makes him a scumbag, God. makes right, him a yeah, fucking the- <laughs> substandard human being. This dude is a prick. Yeah. But but again, it's 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 not the same as being like a sexual predator or or you know leveraging sexual favors or unwanted advances you know to to gateway someone's promotion or something like that. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's just not. it's just not. And, and again, I the, the the people I feel the worst for are his family who who I don't Absolutely. know if they deserve to have this stuff just thrown out there in the ether like that. Absolutely. I, this is, yeah, they're the true victims here. And I, mm, all right. Good luck to, uh, good luck to his family. Uh, we, we go to the post office, not, not, not to make a jarring shift, uh, to, to, to much lighter fare. Um, Kevin asks, what is the meaning of life, Micah? 
um, to live it. Yeah, here you 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 want the nihilistic view? Make the best of it while you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're all we're all we're all just kind of passing through uh, <laughs> on our way to wherever. Um, so make the most of it. Uh, Malcolm says, in your opinion, what is the most impactful death in a video game? Uh, he throws out Dominic Santiago as number one, of course, from Gears of War. Um, the most impactful. It's tough. Yeah, because, you know, the first, you know, your first uh, instinct is to go with the uh, what is arguably the most um, the most well-known death in a video game uh which is final fantasy 7 right but that is not my first instinct <laughs> oh, really? to, to go with it no i mean you, you know why because it's been it's been done to death it's been talked exactly about that's nauseam. why i figured people would go there first because everyone does it right like people still haven't gotten over it like get over it get over it um yeah wow Dominic dying in Gears was probably the most like his whole arc, man, of you know, he was he was the fun loving sidekick to mm. to gruff ass Marcus. Uh and you know, Marcus was uh, uh, yeah, 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 right? And Dominic was over there cracking jokes and, and the second one you know, he kind of mellowed out a bit because his wife was sick, and and then his his wife died, and then the third one, he just he was a broken man, dude, and he just didn't have anything else to live for, and it just he had a he had a wonderful arc in a in a game where walking dicks shoot other alien walking dicks <laughs> with chainsaw guns. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'll give him that, but I can't think of any any deaths that like truly oh bullshit affected me oh bullshit you're you're full of it you're what? full of it morton dying in mass effect 3 oh damn <laughs> oh and he, yo i love that character so much man oh what and 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 it, and it and it's it's like like that scene sucks um if you make the paragon choice it sucks way harder if you make if you go true renegade in that situation because in true renegade you're stopping him from delivering the genophage cure essentially because you've decided oh, yeah. not to do that and you basically shoot him in the back as he's walking to oh. the elevator and and I but he and he's still and he's still like like you still see the scene at the top where he's like crawling towards the control panel and he just like dies right before he's able to to upload the cure. It's fucking heartbreaking. If you've never seen it, it it it, it it'll make that scene like ten times worse for you. When, Yo, when you watch I, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I had to do that to you, but it, you know, uh, if you if you chose that option, you're a monster, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. Yeah, it's uh that that was a rough one. That was a rough one. Um, Yo, I totally forgot about it. He was such a wonderful character too, yep. man. So that that that's that's it for me. Even though his death doesn't necessarily have the biggest as big of an impact on the story itself, um, it it it, it was just crushing, crushing death. And even later in that game too, Captain Anderson dying was was not uh, 
was not fun either. So no, it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun at all. Yeah. Oh damn it. <laughs> There's a lot that of sad of shit that happened in Mass Effect 3. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> Pretty sad right. fucking game. People are all mad about the ending. Right. But they're mad about the ending because all their friends died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony asks, uh, he has two questions. First one is specifically geared towards me. Thoughts on Destiny sunsetting armor and weapons. So, Micah, you might not be aware of this. Um, starting this season, any weapons in Destiny that are older than a year old are going to have a maximum power level that they are able to attain. So kind of similar to how things were uh, in destiny, original destiny way back when before taken King even came out as at each. So that like those, so like the max power level for this season that's coming up is going to be 1060 and any gun that comes out that came out 12 months prior or earlier will have their power maxed out at 1060. So as, as the power level increases in future seasons, those guns will not be able to level up to max power, which means you can still use them in low-level activities like Crucible or unranked Crucible, I should say, like strikes, things like that. But in any high-level activity where power scales, so like the most recent raid, competitive PvP, nightfall strikes, things of that nature, those guns won't be viable anymore. And the point of this is to kind of mix up the weapon pool a little bit because there are so many like just kind of quote unquote default loadouts that people use for high level content just because they made some guns that are just stupidly good. Um, especially in year two of destiny when they introduced the pinnacle weapon system. Um, a lot of people in the community are not happy about this for a couple reasons. Um, one of which is that they will be putting these guns back into the pool at some point. Um, over time, but you'll have to like regrind for them and it won't be different probably appreciably than the version of the weapon you had prior, hmm. which is kind of stupid. I understand that. Um, but also just because too, like these guns are fun to use and it just kind of sucks that people won't be able to use them anymore in all the content that they want to use. them. now it's not preventing you from using them in low level content. Like you can still use them in there to your heart's content. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it's tough, right? Because it, it must also suck for them to have these guns that they design, you know, going on two years ago in some cases. Like, like Recluse is still a god-tier weapon, and it's 18 months old. And it's like it's like a default loadout weapon for any high-level content because its TTK is just insane. Um, Mountaintop was like that for a while, the grenade launcher. Um, so I, I get it. It's tough though. It's tough, man, because designing a game is hard and a designing game like destiny is that much harder. Um, so I, I, I say give it a chance. I say give it a chance. So you said they're going to, they're going to kind of, they're not, those weapons will be kind of taken out of the pool, but they'll be coming back and you just have to grind them again. So, so basically what they'll do is every season, They'll bring back, you know, a couple legacy guns into the pool, quote unquote, like old weapons that you can then get with the higher, like that you can level up to higher versions of the power level, hmm. if that makes sense. But they're okay. not going to be, but it's not like they're going to come with like different perks or, you know, different abilities that the old version didn't have. Like you, you could theoretically have a year two version of a gun that caps out at 1060 
and then a year later get like a year four version of a gun of the same gun with the same perks that can just cap out at a higher power level with no additional with no additional features right oh i would i would prefer that if you're gonna do this i would prefer they don't do that Mm -hmm. and just and just you know I mean, I, you know, it's easy. I'm sitting here in a chair on a microphone, not designing games, but I would prefer that they not do that mm-hmm. and just force people to, if you're going to force people, if you're going to force those weapons out, keep them out. Don't tease me with, you know, nostalgia mm-hmm. and, and use these guns that, well, I guess if you're, I guess if you're good enough, you don't need the extra perks, but like the perks make it, fun to use also, well what right? people are also upset is that they're the the premise behind this is Bungie's like oh don't worry we'll make cool weapons that you get to use as well and people are like but you could do that anyway like 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 you could still make cool guns that we're going to want to use and if the guns are that as cool as you say they are sunsetting will happen naturally you know what i mean but on the other on the other side of the equation you have the power creep argument where the more powerful and cool shit you make Eventually, you just keep pushing the envelope, more powerful, yeah. and more powerful, and that's and that's not sustainable either. It's tough. Yeah, you, you it's it's a, it's a yeah, tough situation. Look, they're trying it, um, and if it doesn't work, I I can't imagine that it's going to be that hard of a switch to flip back if it's really not working well um, yeah. within the confines of the game. We'll see. I think a lot of people are freaking out about it though, and I, I people just need to chill out, relax. The game amazes me how um, the characters in that game. Are the guns <laughs> <laughs> like each one has a name, each one has a story, and th- there's more like you? It it's and people love them. People love them like children, mm-hmm. like gun nuts, like ammo sexuals or whatever they're called, right? And they don't want to see them go. Like they're like pets, and you don't want to see your pet. Like it's like having to take your pet to be put down. And then saying, but you'll like this new pet. Like, well, no, I like this pet. And then you get the new pet and you're like, oh, hey. And then the cycle goes over and over. It's funny. To- <laughs> um, Anthony also asked, will there be another boom of peripheral accessory gaming a la Guitar Hero and Rock Band? No. I, yeah, I highly they, doubt it. They tried, they tried to bring Guitar Hero back and it, it bombed. So, no, I don't think you're ever going to see that again. People just don't want plastic bullshit sitting in their house anymore. Yeah, um, I had a I had a rock band set at uh, the palatial ground floor studio apartment. Uh, uh, I forget what I call it, but um, yeah, I had it, and I maybe used it like three or four times when my friends came over to my place. But it was too small, so it was right. like, why are we hanging over at Micah's place? <laughs> and now he's got all these stupid <laughs> plastic instruments all over the place. So yeah. uh, I don't think they will, and I hope they won't. I would agree. Uh, Cam asks, how excited is Micah to know that his son won't have to live much longer in a world where a current version of Pokemon Snap doesn't exist? Well, hopefully he will be a virgin while playing that game. Uh, <laughs> <otherwise>, <laughs> I've been a bad parent. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Trey asks, uh, now that we have The Last of Us 2 out of the way, how excited are you guys for Ghost of Tsushima, a.k.a.? The Black Weebs Game of the Year 2K20. I mean, that might as well be the subtitle for the game because that's how I feel about it. 
Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm getting into my weeb bag and I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to, to, to turn the, uh, the language to all Japanese and um, and go through this game. I don't know if I'll play it in black and white. Depends on where I'm playing it. If I'm playing it up here or if I'm playing it downstairs. If I'm playing it downstairs, I might play it in black and white because that's where the big TV is. If I'm playing it on this monitor, I was just like, all right, I ain't doing all that. But yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, Leonardo says, since Danny Trejo loves playing Animal Crossing and sometimes visiting random folks' islands, what celebrity would you like to spend an hour or so playing a video game with? Uh, one of my favorite actors, um, who I don't know if he, I don't know if he gets the credit he deserves, or if he does, and I just don't see it. But uh, is Don Cheadle? I I love Don Cheadle uh, as an actor, and, and and as a human being, he's a good dude, and I feel like Don Cheadle would talk a lot of shit. You know what I mean? But like in a, in a good way, when you and your friends are playing fighting games and you're just talking shit and I feel like he would be a good dude to just kind of hang out with and like play some street fighter. You know what I mean? Um, for me, I like when it comes to celebrities and video games, I'm much more of like, I enjoy the celebrities that are genuinely into, into it. And don't just fucking like, oh, I love video games because it makes me more, you know, approachable and popular, like kind of deal. Um, I think Xavier Woods would be a tremendous amount of fun to play almost anything with for an hour. That dude uh, is, is as big a nerd as you or I, much bigger. In fact, I mean, you talk about <laughs> black weebs. I mean, <laughs> there you go. And he, he, he has a tremendous amount of zeal uh, when talking about video games. Pretty much anyone that he brings on up, up, down, down, I feel like almost is a is a worthwhile person to play to play games with um there you go a lot of fun apparently big show is also quite a destiny player It'd be fun to run a run a raid with the big show <laughs> that's, that's funny <laughs> uh john says pro, speaking of pro wrestling uh it may be finally facing its own me too with the hashtag speaking out movement um and and also the the COVID woes that are currently being experienced by WWE and to a lesser extent uh, AEW, um, yeah, man. Like I said, I'm I'm all for calling people out on their bullshit. Um, just yeah, it, it's it's good, and, and and I'm glad that it's taken some brave folks that have given others, um, you know, the courage to be brave as well. Yep, all it takes is uh, one or two people to just be like, you know. To just be like enough is enough and it's time for a change. Right. As far as the COVID situation, I mean, look, companies are gonna find ways to use whatever inch the you know the government gives them and and take his uh, take a mile. So you want to blame anyone for that? Blame Ron DeSantis. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like he like he's a big reason that that's popping off the way that it is right now. Yep. Uh, Anthony says the PlayStation six slash Xbox series S could produce gaming like a star technology hologram thing that could do all the entertainment stuff we're used to. Um, but with the size of an eighties record player cabinet for a thousand dollars, how widespread do you think it would be? It's an interesting uh, question for the, for those that don't know, um, back when your parents were, were in their twenties, uh, record players used to come in like the size of 
like like your entertainment center, like or the cabinet that goes next to your entertainment center, basically, because it was like a record player built into like a speaker, essentially. Yeah. Shit was wild. I'm back trying to think day. of. I'm trying to think of something contemporary to compare it. There to, isn't because we because really we scanned out all of our electronics. <laughs> um, how widespread do you think it would be if it works well and it does it it, it it's legit? People would buy it. Um, I think eventually you have to get it down to a smaller size to really get it embraced by the mainstream. But there's definitely early adopters that would buy that shit for sure. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. At a thousand dollars. At a thousand dollars, I don't think it would be incredibly widespread, but, mm. you know, people would buy it like, uh, you know, everyone, my uh, my future brother-in-law, future as of Friday, my future brother-in-law uh is he tried vr for the first time and he was trying to sell me on it and i'm like look you don't have to sell me on it i would love to do it but i gotta prioritize where my money goes right now mm-hmm. so you know i'm not uh it's not uh that's not for me but yeah this would this would work but it's a lot of money man uh, Johnny says, name some 2020 games that haven't disappointed you this year. Hmm. See, for me, like I'm not, I'm not playing new shit. I'm going back and playing some stuff that I, that I missed um, just because it flew under the radar for me. So like the, my, my big games this year so far have been children of Morta, which has been great. Moonlighter, which has been great. Um, Super mega baseball, which has been great in the very limited time that I spent with it so far. Um, Bloodstained, I missed. That has been pretty cool as well. Um, obviously, I'm also just pretty much playing stuff on the Switch, and that's it <laughs> this year. So, yeah. So, for me, like, I haven't I haven't had the chance to be disappointed by a 2020 game because I don't know that I've purchased a 2020 game at this point. Um, I'm looking at, uh, I mean. Oh, and wait, I'm sorry. The correct answer to this question is Animal Crossing, even though neither of us have played it. Like, come on. <laughs> like, everyone and their fucking mother's playing that game and enjoying it. Um, I, I'm looking at a, uh, a list of games that came out in 2020. Um, I mean, what is he talking about? Like, Persona 5 Royal. I mean, is that does that technically count? Technically. It he came out in 2020. Yeah. Right. So get out of here. You love that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't hate Final Fantasy VII remake. I actually enjoyed it. Um, uh, Streets of Rage, I enjoyed. It didn't. It wasn't a disappointment. Like there's stuff out here. It's you know, and, and in what two weeks, I'm going to be playing the Black Weeb Game of the Year. Right. I guarantee you, that's not going to disappoint me. It's um. And, and and the thing is, too, like, I think the benchmark for disappointment is just because, like, Capcom had been knocking it out of the park for, like, four straight years that when Resident Evil 3 was just kind of all right, <laughs> like, like, that was a bit of a step back yeah. from what it from what had been previous. So I don't know. It has been that bad of a year, Johnny. Stop. Stop being uh, stop being a fatalist. Uh, Eric says, if you were making a video game, which two voice actor or actresses would be a must have now? Without knowing what type of game you're making, 
it's kind of hard to just throw out blanket names out there because you want to get people that would be that would do well by the characters. That being said, uh, if I have a female lead in the game, chances are I'm probably going to try to get Jennifer Hale to voice her. Yeah. Um, male characters, it depends. Depends on the character. It really depends. Um, I, you know, I can't. Um, whenever I whenever I play a game where I can create my own character that can speak he um he invariably sounds like a white man and i don't make white men characters uh, i generally make black men characters because i'm a black dude and i want to role play and like like v her mm-hmm. v's voice mm-hmm. i'm not really feeling v's voice it's a fine sounding voice but it's just not for me right um, it's not like, it's not as bad as like male commander Shepard's voice. Which is, <laughs> I, I still do not like it, but, um, I'll probably be playing as a woman because I've heard the, the, the female voices can go either way for me, but I, I, I know what I'm hearing a white man talk. And, <laughs> we, we, uh, we do sound very distinct. <laughs> right. Could you imagine your voice coming out of my mouth? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, but you know, you got your mainstays, right? Like I would like Kevin Michael Richardson to, he's a guy, he has a a wide range. Mm -hmm. Like he could play, he, he does play a white guy in the Cleveland show and he's a, he's a big black dude who has a big, deep voice. I would love to see him, um, uh, voice a video game character. And yeah, Je- I mean, Jennifer Hale is just like, she's the queen, right? She's the queen of, of voice actors. Um, that's why it's one of the reasons why female Commander Shepard's play, like, like, it feels like it's acted differently because it's, because she's so good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to steal your Jennifer Hale answer. And then I'm going to say Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, cause he can play anything. Uh, finally, Jacob says he listened to an interview with Tommy Tallarico uh, on another podcast that he did that got excited. Uh, it got him excited about the Intellivision console. Um, he thinks it's going to be a great console that can fit into its own corner of gaming. That could be really good if done right. Um, so here's the thing, though. History would suggest that this is not going to be successful um, because there's been a ton of quote unquote consoles that are going to occupy their own space of the industry uh, that have not really gone well. Like the Ouya. Yeah, I was for example. <laughs> <laughs> and again, the Ouya had a lot of support when it first came out. It had, you know, strong development team. But uh it just it, the problem is that if you can't find a niche audience to to buy your product. That's that's at least somewhat substantial in size. It's not going to be successful because game developers aren't going to hang around um, and make stuff for a system that no one's buying anything for. Yeah, and that's and you need games to make your game console successful. So it might come out of the gates strong. Come see me in six months. <laughs> like that, like like that. That's the thing. That's the thing that you you have to you have to keep in mind. Is that you got to give it six months? Don't base it on when it first comes out. Um, 
Yeah, it's got it. You got to wait and see. You got to wait and yeah. see. And and I don't know. I don't know that the price point um, is where it needs to be as well to get people on board. I'm trying to pull it up again right now. What's the damn thing called? Do you remember? What the uh, Ouya? No, no, no. The new the new Intellivision console that's coming out. Oh, uh, I can't remember. Um, there we go. Riveting stuff. It's it's the, sorry. It's the uh, it's the Amico is what's coming out, and it, it's going to be two hundred fifty dollars. And when you can get a Nintendo Switch or for around that price, it's a hard sell. It is like like the like the people that are going to be buying this console are, are is, is a very small group of folks that are really excited about it, and uh, people that are curious that have enough disposable income to just throw away three hundred dollars, and even if it's not successful, who cares? And and the and the other problem is too. So like I'm I'm I to be fair, I haven't done a ton of research on the console, um. So and I probably should, but just from the trailer that I'm seeing, the type of games that you're seeing on this thing, yeah, they already exist in other areas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you can easily find these type of games on the Switch, um, on Steam if you want to, that kind of stuff. So Some we'll see. Look like you can find them on your phone. Yeah, I, I, that, that's probably true as well. So like I said, I hope it's uh, I hope it's good. Uh, the controllers, I'm not too sure about. Uh, it looks like they took a a Dreamcast VMU and and modernized <laughs> it for for the modern era, um, yeah. and they seem a little gimmicky. Again, you know, gimmicky controllers are are great if you're Nintendo. They're not so great if you're literally anybody else. Um, right, but they're we'll great see. if you're Nintendo and not really. No, they're not. Even if you are Nintendo, so right. yeah, this is not. Wow, I I honestly didn't know. I didn't know too much about this thing. I hadn't even seen it. Mm-hmm. And um, this does not look like something worth investing in. But, you know, what do I know? Maybe you'll have a really good time playing a 3D version of Asteroids. But again, like I said, it's, it's, you had the same launch premise. Like, hey, here's this thing. And, you know, it's going to be kind of cheap. And the games are going to be inexpensive. And, and you know, they're going to be super affordable. And it's going to be different. And there's going to be, you know, unique stuff to it. And it just never, it never caught fire. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I, I, I wish Tommy Talrico the best. But uh, I would not be a day one buyer of this console. For sure. No. I, would, I would wait to this... see. I would, I would wait for it to prove its bona fides before, uh, before investing into it. Yeah, I would never get it, but I don't think I don't think that we're necessarily the market. Right? I would I would agree. I mean, they they literally advertise it as you know premium family friendly game. So like we we are not who they are chasing. Um, but again, I feel like that is who you have to chase. The Wii the Wii is the exception, not the rule when it comes to, to the marketplace of video games. Yeah. So, but we shall see. Uh, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Um, just. So <laughs> that is uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, and you can submit your questions as well when we put it at the post office every week. Uh, like Micah mentioned, make sure you're subscribing to this show and the other TNP Studio shows wherever you get your podcast. 
Swing on over to youtube.com slash densepixels and click subscribe there as well. While you're giving out subscriptions like their candy on Halloween, head over to Twitch and follow Terrence at Apparition410 and follow Carrie at Suppets Carrie as well. Uh, again, that is it. Thank you very much for watching and listening, and we will see you all the next time. See you.